Oh, man. I love me a good Texas A&M misfortune. I mean, I really love a good A&M misfortune. Luckily, throughout my years on this earth, I've got plenty of those, plenty of reasons to celebrate. But, Parker, I really like when A&M misfortunes um, really benefit OU. I think I know where this is going. Yeah, you probably do. Uh, An A&M misfortune once again benefits OU. A&M gets a decommit from the number 78 overall player. That means welcome back to the top five in the Rivals rankings. What's up? Hey! Back as a top five class like they never left. There's OU sitting at number five after A&M's big decommitment drops them a couple spots in the rankings. So, thank you. Thank you for the misfortune, A&M. We can now call this a uh, top five recruiting class uh, once again right now for OU in 2020, uh, 2024. Nice. So, I... We'll think they get Michael Boganowski tomorrow as well, so so that'll only help moving forward. Are we, uh, and this is a question to you and the question of the text line as okay. well, so let's get that going, 405-651-3439. Would getting Grant Bricks mean, yeah, all right, all expectations have been met with this class? Like, you didn't get every target that's out there, but getting Grant Bricks, does that make you, the OU football recruiting fans, say, yeah, you know what? I'm 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 pretty good all around with this class. I'm pretty happy where things are going to sit on signing day if it holds true. Well, the way I look at it, Tyler, show me the position of weakness in this group, and I can I can show it to you. It's linebacker. Linebacker is the area in which the Sooners have. Well, and I don't even know that I would call it a deficiency. Now, the one guy you got is really 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 yeah. good, James Nesta. But that's just one guy. When you consider the context surrounding linebacker recruiting, though, and you are mindful of the fact that the Sooners took four excellent linebacker prospects a year ago, including a national top 100 player in Samuel Masigo and a top 150 guy in Lewis Carter, you understand why linebacker hasn't been as much of a priority for OU in this 2024 cycle. And, again, with that context in mind – shaping your framework for understanding OU football recruiting in 2024, there is no conspicuous deficiency in sure. this class once you shore up your offense. Because there's – I mean, if, if Stutzman's coming back next year, all of your big-time contributors at that position are going to be back, right? Like, you might lose someone via the transfer portal maybe, but the guys that you've really been counting on this year at backer – all those guys, if Stutzman is back, we'll, we'll be back next year. So, yes, you only get one linebacker, so I guess you could pick on that. But your point is valid. It's, well, the linebacker position and the linebacker depth right now at OU is in a, is in a pretty good spot. So it wasn't like tight end where you had to have someone in this cycle, right? You had to have someone in the cycle. You really needed it to be Devon Mitchell. Thankfully, you got Devon Mitchell. But linebacker wasn't necessarily a position of need, nor was it ever going to be in this recruiting class. I mean, we asked the same question on Monday. Like, where is the weakness in this class? And it was, well, hell, they got a kicker in this class. When are we going to get a kicker? They even got one of those in 2024 in Liam Evans. So it, it, to, to answer our own question here, it doesn't feel like there is a weakness in the 24 class, yeah. <laughs> or there's going to be. If we're going we're gonna to expand the discussion to kicker, though, it does beg the question, where's the punter? <laughs> Liam, can you punt as you're, well? You're going to huh? need some help. going to need some help on uh, that side of things. By the way, Robin Moore on the text line texted in to say, why is everyone getting blocked 
by USC football. <laughs> I just checked and I'm blocked. I never even comment on their official football page, LOL. Just fan Because you're a real fan, Rob. That's why. I think it... I think it lends credence to the notion that Clark Stroud still listens to the ref on a daily basis, Tyler, and logs into the USC football Twitter account and blocks anyone and everyone that sends a text that could remotely be considered critical of USC. Football. I just love uh, what were you saying last hour that to uh, to comment on any of their tweets, you, they have to be following you. Uh-huh. Oh, you you won the war. You didn't win the battle. You've won the war now. If <laughs> that's the case, man, that's that's the Ooh. white flag. That's you conceding the battle at that point. When you have turned Twitter replies off, it is like, okay, this this is not worth the fight. It's it, it's a win. It's it's a win and uh, one of many wins that you've had so far this year. It's 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 a lot of fun. No, I, and that's where I'm at. I think getting bricks and obviously Boganowski and and uh, Eddie Pierre Louis though that that kind of signifies that. Anything that happens from here on out might be just icing on top. You know, you, you'd like to have one airy. You'd like to have Bryant Westco flip. But if that class is you know, without the flips, it's it's a really good class, man. And I don't think that you can – I mean, I, I, is it even more balanced than what last year's class was, regardless if it's ranked higher or not? I would say it's more balanced than last yeah. year's class. Yes, because last year, you know, you could look at the defensive line. And it was not a complete whiff by Oklahoma, but there were a couple of guys that you would like to have had, and you didn't really have a viable alternative, right? Because in this cycle, you don't get williams Winery. Okay, fine. You've got Nigel Smith. You've got Wyatt Gilmore. You've got Danny Okoye most recently. But last year, you know, you miss on DJ Hicks. You miss on Jordan Renaud. You're making late evals and sending out offers in October and November trying to fill spots. And that's not happening. No. Well, getting David Stone makes you feel at least a little bit better about the couple of misses that you, you might have had on the defensive line this year. Getting David Stone was always the, the key priority here. A listener in the 918 says, it's one linebacker until Peyton Pierce flips. Yeah, wink, wh- wink. What's, what's going on? Yeah. yeah or is I someone know. hinting at something no, that I'm... we uh, need to know or that I need to know or, or what? I do not think that. I have not either. heard any scuttlebutt on Peyton Pierce uh, looking at other options that do not include Ohio State. No, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go watch Peyton in a couple weeks here, and I'll check in with him, but I, I do not expect him to flip. Sam and Edmund says, dedicated listener here trying to earn my fifth star on the text line, listening in from Sedona, Arizona. Oh, let's Thank go. Thank you, Sam. Sedona hey, rocks, Sam. Hey, you know what, though, Sam? You want to earn that fifth star, you got to show us some highlights. Come on. Give Sam, us some memorable texts. I uh, I think Sam's given us some memorable texts in the past. I, he's at least a high four star, if, okay. if nothing else. Definitely uh, pushing five-star territory if he's not there already. Blue of Green Country says, we need a big-time portal punter, please. Is, <laughs> is, is that what our offseason's going to be this year? Talking about the uh, punters that are in the uh, transfer portal this offseason? Hell, that'll be a good, I, I'm just a good gonna, I'm just going to say it now. Yeah, if that is the biggest topic of conversation amongst the uh, the major question marks heading into 2024 for Oklahoma football, you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> 405 BV has proven that he does not need a top three class to win a national championship. Yeah, Fle- Clemson was not operating and, and really haven't in the entire uh, Dabo era operating in the top three of a recruiting class, and they still won a couple titles. Stillwater Sooner. I love how this name is just randomly brought up from time to time. Lane Jenkins will go down as the biggest <laughs> miss in recruiting under Brent Venables. 
Did he get kicked off the team already at Illinois? I don't think he got kicked off the team. Or did he he's, decommit? He's in, he's in the transfer oh, portal. Oh, he's in the portal. Okay, I thought uh, I knew something happened there with Lane Jenkins. Yeah, and I think I mentioned it at the time, but I, this is a this is the exact word that was used. I, I saw that Lane Jenkins was in the transfer portal, reached out to an OU source that had been involved in Jenkins' recruitment on the OU end, and that source told me, yeah, man, that kid was squirrely. You could tell. Yeah, I, I, hell, I could tell, and I never talked to the kid ever that he was squirrely. Tried to take the secret visit to Illinois, and um, boy, he messed around and found out on that one. Messed around, found out. Oki Tom says, OU signed all 26 in the 2023 class, and I expect the same for 2024. Yeah, like, Oki Tom, are you saying that they'll get 26 or have, like, no decommits here down the stretch? Like, they've got 25 commits right now. They're going to end up with more than 26 in this class. And the way it sits right now, I don't see any, I don't see any decommits. And it's interesting, right, because it, it kind of depends on how you count them. Because if you're just counting scholarships, they actually only have 24. Correct, because Andy Bass is not a scholarship If you want to count all nationally ranked commits, they have 26, because Andy Bass and Bergen Kaiser are both three-star guys that are preferred walk-ons. So, all told, you're going to be in excess of 30 commits that are scholarship quality, even if they aren't on scholarship. You will be in excess of 30. Sam's trying to fight for that fifth star. Uh, Trey, who has some um, crazy Dylan Gabriel takes. I think everyone knows who Trey is on the text line by now. Uh T-R-A-I is how he spells it. I don't want to be a fifth star. I'll stay stay a walk-on texter. Yeah, you're in no no danger of getting promoted to five-star, Trey. Don't you worry. Trey's saying, I'm not even a PWO. I'm just a walk-on texter at this point. Oh, Pey- I'm just out there running scout team now. Peyton says, think Easton Baker or whatever his name was feels like he messed up. Man, I see that kid's oh. tweets from time to time. He is all the way locked in with Illinois. Which yeah. I- is he a Utah kid, right? Yeah. A-, a linebacker from the state of Utah? Yes. Because that, that was, that was looking pretty good. Like how, th- this, this cycle has been crazy. But it's crazy that, yeah, I feel good about this linebacker from Utah – feel pretty good about what this defensive lineman from Juco in Kansas and Illinois somehow makes a move on both of those guys. Like, Illinois has seemingly uh, got in on two of the prospects that we've talked about in this Well, class. Illinois was home for Lane Jenkins, so that made sense. With Easton Baker, man, it's still baff- like as baffling as anything that has happened in this recruiting cycle thus far because the week before – he was supposed to take his official visit to Oklahoma, which he was very op- he was very openly talking up Oklahoma as his favorite school amongst the options at his disposal. He never visited, but he had an OV set. Then he shows up to Champaign, Illinois. Interesting. <laughs> takes that OV, decides, screw it, I'm done, and commits to the fighting Illini. <laughs> Didn't even so, feel the need to see Oklahoma. Illinois has played a, a role in OU's 2024 class, which is just, that, like I was saying, is odd. 918, this is a good point here. The recruiting class is exciting. I'm also excited to see who wants to come in from the portal as well because that also got better than the year before. Very good point, and I think OU is probably going to be active in the portal when it comes to defensive linemen. Like They've got good D linemen coming in with this recruiting class, but you're also losing a decent amount of your defensive line this year. They're going to be active in the portal with defensive linemen, and that is a good point. The portal players you got this past cycle, much better than the year before, 
And I, yeah, I'm, I'm with the text line there. I expect that to continue as well. Even better portal class this year. Deer Creek Sooner says, how about that Colorado receiver that went to Arizona State over OU never to be heard from again? Yeah. That was Jordan Tyson. Yep. And yes, I, I have not heard a peep about Jordan Tyson. You want to talk about a bad business decision, especially as a wide receiver? What do they have, look one, at, one win this yeah, year? Yeah, they've got one win. And look at what Emmett Jones has done with the wide receivers at Oklahoma. By the way, I don't doubt that if Jordan Tyson had come to Oklahoma, he would be starting right now. Um, that kid is good. Yeah. He, he is getting absolutely wasted in a system that is not at all conducive to his flourishing. You know, uh, speaking of other portal wide receivers that we talked about, and this, guy, this guy never ended up in the transfer portal. We were just hoping that he would. But I was watching that Tech-Kansas State game um, last Saturday. Jaron Bradley uh-huh. had a touchdown catch, and it was, ah, oh, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. But OU's wide receivers overall, you can't really complain about uh, what, what they've shown you this year because really all year long they've been fantastic. So no complaints there. 405-651-3439. Ooh, buddy, the text line is popping off today. Michael Boganowski is committing tomorrow. we got a lot of recruiting to get to. We'll do it all next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and you know it, the Ref Army as well, listening nationwide via our free KREF app. St. John's, Michigan is tuned in today. Colorado Springs, Colorado, which I would not mind watching a game at Air Force in Colorado Springs one day to uh, anyone that's listening and has that uh, power to do so. I'd love to watch a game at Air Force. That'd be cool. Keller, Texas, Rushville, New York, Mobile, Alabama, Irvine, California, small town of the day, Haskell, Oklahoma. Which we can be bought, by the way. If uh, people want to start submitting a small town of the day on the text line, by all means. That happened uh, yesterday from a listener on a business trip in San Francisco. Oh, so what you're saying is happen. we can be persuaded. Well, and also bought. Yeah, I, 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 I listen, want to I was, leave that on I, the table, uh-huh. okay? Yeah, no, trust me. I, I'll do just about anything for the right price. We don't have a super chat feature on the text line like YouTube has, um, but we need to We need to do something like that. Five bucks can get you the small town of the day. We need to start auctioning off the Oklahoma small town of the day. Yeah, there you go. Drive like the price idea. up. Yeah, you, you probably got a better auctioneer voice than I do, so I'll let you run point we'll, on that. Yeah, we'll try it out uh, at some point this week, I'm sure. Uh, Ref Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door Company. They do residential garage doors, commercial garage doors, service and repair, and garage doors openers as well. Affordable Door Company, 405-635-9499. That's 405-635-9499. Proud garage door sponsor of the Sooners and the Ref. All right, let's get to business on a couple of things before we get to the text line. First, Michael Boganowski tomorrow at 430. Rivals, four-star, six-foot-two. 195 pounds, listed as an athlete on Rivals. It's OU, it's Kansas, it's Kansas State, and it's Florida State. No new predictions, no scuttlebutt to KU, K-State, or Florida State. Uh, We're just over 24 hours away, and it doesn't seem like anything funky is going to happen here. Yes, again, I will be doing the show in Junction City, Kansas tomorrow. So I'm going to be there, and generally I don't show up to commitment announcements that are four hours away. If I am under the impression, the strong impression, that the kid is going to commit somewhere other than the university. Yeah, how about this? How about at 2 tomorrow? If uh, both Parker and I are in studio tomorrow, then that's a (laughs) good sign. That's how you know, yes. (laughs) That's a good sign. If I'm here, as opposed to on tie line, 
then you know, oh boy, something went haywire. Number one player in the state of Kansas. So um, this won't be one of the you know, two, three, four, top five names that we talk about on signing day, but this is a guy that the staff really likes. Um, going to guess that his career at OU starts in the secondary, but six foot two, 195 pounds, they like his versatility. Again, the number one player in the state of Kansas for the second time in three years. Michael Boganowski, a very good get for this defense. And I think once his senior film gets around, he is going to move up in the rankings. I almost think of him on the same plane as Samuel Masigo a year ago, a guy that has all the talent in the world and plays violent football. But it's just a little bit underexposed because of where he hails from. And I don't know that Boganowski is going to get as high as Omasigo did because Sammy ended up the number 69 nice. overall player. Nice player, the, nice uh, prospect. In the 2023 cycle. I don't think Boganowski is going to get that high. But he's very, very talented and very, very underrated right now. So I, I w- we'll let you know if you need to worry about Michael Boganowski, but it's the day before and – you don't need to worry about Michael Boganowski. You just need to worry about the. Uh, you need to worry about liking and retweeting the guys who can recruit tweets out on uh, at KREF Sports tomorrow. That's that's what you need to worry about. Marcus James from Carl Albert, twenty twenty five class, announces today that he'll announce on November second at six thirty. So he is a uh, rivals three star, six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pound outside backer. It's A and M. It's OU. It's TCU, it's Arkansas, and it's Utah. Are there any other predictions for Marcus James outside of OU? And no, would, they're not. And would A&M be considered the second team in this five-team race? I I know I, guess, I know like some like, of their like they were at A&M recently, a couple of weeks ago, right? I don't know if Marcus James was there or not, but I thought a couple a uh, couple of Carl Albert kids were there. Maybe so, maybe so. I know Tristan Haynes is another guy that has an A&M offer from that same school, but. Yeah, look, Oklahoma is very much in line to get the pledge from Marcus James, and it's one of those where there's not a ton of intrigue surrounding the announcement leading into it. Like, everybody kind of understands yeah. where that one's headed. I love how uh, he, he's top 10 in the state for 2025. Carl Albert alone has four of the top 10 players in the state in 2025, man. Kevin Sperry, you got Haynes, you got Marcus James, Trenay Washington, and those rankings will change. It's the 2025 rankings. But will it change where Carl Albert doesn't have four of the top ten players in 2025? No. Probably not, man. No. Probably not. They're good. And it uh, feels like OU's going to clean house with all of they, those. Uh, they may very well clean house. And I think Trenay Washington is an interesting case to me, and I think I've said this before on these airwaves, but my – my concern with him is what does he play at Oklahoma? Because especially if he's a guy, and I I will touch base with him and get some firsthand insight on this, but if he's a guy that wants to play offense, well, you got two guys at tight end right now that are at the top of the board and that themselves are very high on OU and Nate Robertson to Son Brain. You have a third guy in Chase Lofton who's going to be back on campus this weekend. And so – He's an in-state kid. You can't say no to him if he wants to commit. But I, I tend to think he's a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball. And if he perceives that he has a higher ceiling as a football player offensively than defensively, I, it, it's going to be weird. 
and it might be tricky to try and shoehorn him into a class that may also feature yeah. Robertson Brain. Yeah. A- a- and um, a tight end in the previous class, right? Yes. That is, which, by the way, in the recent ESPN 300 rankings, I know we don't pay attention to the ESPN 300 uh, rankings at all. We, but do, we do when they do good things for OU commits. Well, Devon Mitchell was the number 54 overall player in their recent rankings update. That, I don't think he's ranked that high at, in, on any other service. 54 for Devon Mitchell. Not bad. Drew from Flower Mound says, guys... Grant Bricks isn't coming to Oklahoma. I mean, come on, apparently to someone, he shouldn't come to OU because he may have to eat some Sonic burgers. Or he may have to eat at Sonic, and in particular, their burgers. Drew and Firemount, counterpoint. Grant Bricks is coming to Oklahoma because he'll get to eat Brahms burgers. Gunny says, while others want and try to be five-star texters, I'll just be happy around a 4.20 star. I know I'm not a five star <laughs> after putting in a crystal bong. I'm never worried about Boganowski. <laughs> okay, there you nice. go. Crystal bong is in from Gunny. Uh, Sugar Shane in Newcastle, how many kids will we end up with in 2024? Well, we, we kind of hinted at that last segment. If you're talking about scholarship guys and non-scholarship, the number's going to be north of, of 30. I mean, it's yeah. It's going to be... 30 is your ballpark. Could we be talking about in the modern era? Because I know, you know, before the scholarship uh, limits were there, it was crazy back in the day. But in the modern era of recruiting, I wonder if this could be OU's largest freshman class ever. I I think it is. And I know they signed a huge class one year in the Stoops era. I can't remember offhand what year it was. But, yes, I do believe, based on the research that I have done, this would be Oklahoma's largest class of scholarship players in the modern era if they get all the guys that we expect them to get and have no casualties down the stretch. Indecisive Sooner says, if OU allows over 28 points this weekend, would that be considered a failure regardless if we win? Uh, It depends, right? It depends on how you win. Because if you... Beat UCF sixty six to thirty one. I seriously doubt anybody after the game on Saturday is bemoaning the defense's performance. They're probably talking up the fact that Dylan Gabriel threw seven touchdown passes. Right. Yeah. So again, I what I love most about this Oklahoma football team in twenty twenty three is that they have demonstrated a multitude of different ways in which they're capable of winning football games. So like there is no blueprint. Le- okay, so I-, I guess it would be a like I'm sure the defense would consider it if it's like legitimately over 28 points when the game is close. I'm sure they would consider that a disappointing performance. Oh yeah, sure. Brent Venables going to walk in that yeah. press conference room and go, "We got to be better." But how about us as 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 fans and people who follow the team? Are we past the point now? I mean, we're we're halfway through the year. Or we past the point now where we're going into each game saying, well, hey, this weekend's going to prove how legitimate this defense is. Like, are we still evaluating this OU defense that way? Or can they have a performance where they give up 28 points to a good rushing offense like UCF and say, okay, disappointing day, but it doesn't change my opinion. This is still a really good defense. Does that make sense? Like, No, I'm with you. Yeah. Are, are they past that point to, like, can we just say, yeah, I think they're a really good defense? Because I, I think we should be. I would say yes and no. Yes in the sense that we have enough data to suggest that Oklahoma has turned a corner defensively. And I would say 
No, in the sense that some part of me wants to hold out at least through the Kansas game. You get to that two-thirds mark, and if Oklahoma has continued to play that level of defense, and we know definitively how they responded to the emotional high of a victory over Texas, then that's about the point at which I will have no further concerns about this defense. 918 says, all I care about is that OU wins by more than 18 and a half. And everyone <laughs> said amen on that one, who has uh, who has uh, action in the game on that one. Has it been pointed out that OU is 6-0 and against the spread and Muleshoe is 0-6? Uh, OU and Penn State, I believe the two teams only perfect against the uh, spread so far this year. We'll see if Penn State uh, can hold that up at Ohio State this weekend as a, as a dog. Reese in San Antonio says, with the challenges in running the ball this year, how likely would a high-end running back transfer be for next year? And I'm guessing, Reese, that you're saying high-end running back transfer on the way out versus on the way in. I I would say in terms of coming in, man, with who you have coming in with Taylor Tatum. There's there's no reason to take a I don't back think transfer. so either, man. A- unless like unless you were to lose Barnes and Sawchuck and you felt like you had unless you were to lose like two or three running backs via the portal, which I don't think is going to happen, I would say I, I yeah, I would say very unlikely that you get a high-end running back coming in. Might you lose a guy? Sure. That's always on the table, especially with Tatum and Robinson on the way in. But, yeah, look, the, it's been a struggle in the backfield. No doubt about that. I don't think you're at the point, though, where you feel you got to bring in an Eric Gray, for instance, to patch things up. One more for the 918. Did, didn't Derek LeBlanc go to the University of Central Florida? Yes, he did. Yep, he did. I don't know if he's going to play this weekend, but yes, that's where he is. 405-651-3439. More of your text. More OU Cruton right here on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. I think I found my uh, favorite tweets already for this week. Really? Big 12 Men's uh, Basketball Media Day is going on right now. I'm sending this to you right now so you can look at it. Oh, no, I think I saw this tweet, too, if it's the same one I'm thinking of. So, for for those that haven't seen this, like at every media day, or especially Big 12 Basketball Media Day, all the coaches line up to take a photo, and it looks like Porter Moser was standing next to Bill Self. They're getting ready to take the photo, and Porter says, I can't stand too close to Bill. Someone will call a foul, which is an amazing thing to say to the Kansas head coach because, well, eh, Kansas gets calls inside the fog, especially late in a close game. Bill Self responded, only at home. So he kind of rolls with Gosh, man. Nice. Brilliant response by Bill Self. I give it up to Bill Self. (laughs) Generally not someone you hear me praising, but well played by Bill Self. (laughs) It It was awesome, man. So good. So good. Big fan of that. I was reading a story earlier today on Dylan Gabriel to UCLA, how close that was to happening. I guess the UCLA coaches were in their offices praying, just praying that he would show up to class, and he didn't on that fateful day. And then a few hours, it's revealed that Dylan Gabriel is actually going to play quarterback at Oklahoma for the 2022 season. I went back and looked at where... Dylan Gabriel was ranked in the transfer portal quarterback rankings going into that year, and now he looks like he's going to be a Heisman finalist. On three, had DG ranked as the number 19 portal quarterback available for that 2022 season. The number 19 quarterback, not not number 19 player, 
the number 19 quarterback available. Okay. Wow. Okay. Let's contextualize that, though. That was a pretty wild offseason as far as quarterback movement because not only did you have Caleb Williams in the portal that offseason, but that was the offseason that Bo Nix transferred, if I'm not mistaken. No, there's some Um, really good names in here, man. I mean, there is – Rattler, yep. Ewers, Darts, there's Bo Nix, like you said, Keaton Slovis, JT Daniels. There was some big – Michael Penix Jr. was on there. But it's just crazy looking at this guy's season right now and saying, dang, he was ranked behind Emory Jones. He was <laughs> ranked behind Casey Thompson and Adrian Martinez, who did beat OU last year. But some uh, – Jack Plummer, who ended up going to, to Cal. Like some of these na- names that he's ranked behind, it was like, wow, he was very – Undervalued. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it was a conversation point on these airwaves around that time. Do you would you rather have Dylan Gabriel or would you rather have Casey Thompson? I think the consensus was you ra- you rather have Dylan Gabriel because of his familiarity with Jeff Lebby's system. But I, I, again, historically, if we're reflecting on the discourse surrounding Gabriel at the time in 2022, I don't think anybody's expectation was that. He was going to be in the same conversation down the line, at least on a talent level, as guys like Caleb and Bo Nix. We talked about the fact that he had Heisman potential as the trigger man in Levy's offense because he was turnover-averse and stable and consistent. I, To me, he has been exactly what I expected him to be at Oklahoma, and he's been the best version, I think, of what you could have realistically expected Dylan Gabriel was going to provide you out of the portal. But, yeah, I mean, in that 2022 quarterback transfer class, he was just another name. Yeah, he, I mean, just he really another was name that made a really ranking. good business decision to go to Oklahoma over UCLA. A lot of recognizable names, though. Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, and here's how they were ranked. Rattler was number three. So OU lost the number three quarterback and the number one quarterback, <laughs> replaced it with the number 19 quarterback, according to On3. And, and who, who won that exchange? Right. Uh, it really feels like uh, at least you know OU sitting in a pretty good spot. Jackson Dart was four. Remember we talked about him. Cam Ward at five. Bo Nix at six. Keaton Slowis at seven. Connor Bazelak at, at at eight. Really? Yeah. Max Johnson at nine. JT Daniels. Zach Calzada. Michael Penix. Jaden Delora. Jack Plummer. Emory Jones. Jaden Daniels. Adrian Martinez. Casey Thompson. And there's uh, Dylan Gabriel. Interesting. Jaden Daniels was that low, huh? Yeah. Well, I think he had. Uh, did he just have the one good season at Arizona State before? I, he he was he definitely was not highly thought of. I, I I think I remember coming out of Tempe. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That. But now he's I, one of the best quarterbacks. I have a different recollection. But yeah, like all in all, at the time, I probably would have ranked Dylan Gabriel amongst the quarterbacks that you mentioned. Somewhere in the 11 to 14 range, I think. I would have had him higher than 19th, but probably not terribly high, all things considered. It was interesting, the story, like UCLA was obviously bummed out that they lost out on Gabriel. It's like, all right, I guess we'll go with uh, DTR. Dorian Thompson-Robinson again had arguably his best year at UCLA. They had a pretty good year, so it, uh, it worked out for both sides, but... Crazy to think that uh, DG was on UCLA's campus, ready to be their quarterback at uh, at one point, and and thankfully it didn't go down that way. Mention the new ESPN 300 rankings. Here's what they have for OU targets and OU commits. David Stone's the number four overall player on ESPN, 
And that's probably that's his highest ranking on any service, correct? I David Stone so. at four, yeah, yes. I think so too. Williams Winery is at five. Taylor Tatum's at thirty nine. Devon Mitchell at fifty four. Zion Kearney at eighty one. Nigel Smith at ninety four. Bricks at one oh one. So what is that? You could have seven. Well, I guess if you were to flip Williams Winery and get Grant Bricks, that would be seven in the top one oh one in the ESPN rankings. Michael Hawkins all the way back at 294. Ugh. Danny Okoye at 169. Michael Hawkins just continues to be slept on, man. Any other OU names amongst that there, group there, where you're like... Yeah, I mean, outside of like Bricks at 101, just kind of hitting the highlights there with Okoye and Mike yeah. Hawkins, but there were there were a few others, yes. Okay, yeah, ESPN always does things a little different, so I'm always curious to see. For instance, Jeremiah Smith is not in their top five. Really? I have no idea how Jeremiah Smith is... Any lower than number three for anyone right now. In my mind, that is the clear top prospect in this class. Is, does Rivals have him number one? Jeremiah Smith? Or is he, is he one somewhere? Maybe on 24-7? I be, no, I believe he's one on Rivals. I believe he just... So he just ascended to number one with 24-7. On three has Williams number one. Winery, that is. And I think Smith is number two behind him. Yeah. So Michael Hawkins just continues to light up the stat sheet and... Uh, just inside the top 300 for the ESPN 300, who everyone loves. Um, obviously, Dylan Riola. Julian Sayan, though. A yep. lot of people like him yep. from Alabama. His stock's going up. I uh, wonder what the Bama fans, what they think the percentages are that uh, he's QB1 when Bama rolls into uh, Norman next year, if Bama has a uh, true freshman uh, QB next season. I don't know. I wonder what the thought is of with Alabama, who their quarterback is next year. Probably highly dependent on what Milrow does for the rest of the year, I would imagine. So, a while back, I was talking to Michael Hawkins' dad, who, of course, played defensive back at OU and in the NFL for several years. He knows quarterback play, both because he studied them for a decade and because he's got a kid that's a very good quarterback in his own right. And (laughs) Mike Sr. told me, let me tell you, man, we were out there at that Elite 11. And, of course, Julian Sayan won the event. He said, Julian Sayan is a dog. That dude, you would never guess it if you walked past him on the street. But he is lights out. And it's true. Like, physically, he's just a very average-looking high school kid. But exceptional quarterback talent. That could come at the right time. For, well, I guess the right time would have been if uh, he's there this year for Alabama. And he's lighting it up at quarterback. But, uh, yeah, they uh, they need a big-time quarterback rolling through there pretty soon. 9-0-3, if we don't see the backups in by the middle of the third quarter, I will be disappointed. So we've, wow. we, we've, okay. got, we've got high expectations going okay. into Saturday. Sarks Vodka says we'll be happy if we allow only 21 points or less. More focused on rushing defense, though. Got to start shutting that down to ease the pressure, I feel, from Ollie Gordon. So, Sark's already looking ahead to the uh, Oklahoma wow, State game. Wow, so, listen. One game at a time here. Don't get mm-hmm. caught. Don't get caught looking past an opponent. Um, excellent text from a 918 listener. If williams Winery flips to OU, that means Eli Drinkwitz jumped into another man's arms with his legs up in the air for no reason. Did he have um, Did he have Crocs on that day when he did that? Did he? That would make sense. I, I, felt- know, he was, I know he was wearing cargo shorts. Yeah, that is not a question. I, maybe, he was wearing cargo shorts. Maybe he was wearing Crocs. I, I feel like we were making fun of his shoes in that video. Maybe I'm imagining something. I, I don't know. I'm just going to go ahead and definitely move forward. 
thinking that Eli Drinkwitz was uh, wearing Crocs in uh, in that video. That's how I'm going to operate. But yes, that is a, that that will be shared on social media if if Williams Winery flips to OU at some point. Like <laughs> all that for nothing, Drink. Nice job, and the fact that they probably paid him some cash uh, all for nothing as well. Final segment of Locked In coming up next. More OU Cruton on the other side. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. They also have half-price oil changes on Saturday. That's Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. There's 1 minute 17 seconds left in the fourth quarter. OU is down three with the ball and no timeouts. Your birth month is the OU quarterback you're counting on to lead a game-winning drive. That's on our Twitter page today. Uh, what month is your birthday? Which quarterback? Uh, let's see which quarterback you're counting oh, on. Oh, I, I, did, I did this earlier. I got a February birthday. Oh, uh, you got Jason White. Which I'm down with. Okay. Listen, I, I, I have said it many a time. I believe Jason White is pound for pound one of the most underrated Sooners in history. He does have a statue on campus. He does. And somehow he still did, doesn't get enough credit for what he accomplished. As does uh, mine. I'll be counting on Baker Mayfield oh, in well. January to... Uh, Were you the one that put the graphic together? I did. And before uh. anyone says, oh yeah, of course you put Baker as your quarterback. Hey, if I really wanted to play favorites with months, I would have put Dylan Gabriel as my birthday month. Because he literally just did this. One seventeen left in the fourth quarter. OU's down three with no timeouts. And he led that touchdown drive, okay? So, so, so which I picked month, the next best option. Which month was lucky enough to get Dylan Gabriel? Uh, Gabriel is in May. So all you May birthdays out there, congratulations. You're going to go win that football game. Well, and yeah, you, you just witnessed that football game a week and a half ago. October uh, got JFA for... Uh, for what it's Ooh, worth. So okay. I'm sure we'll see at some point uh you guys' fortunes or not, or how that one how that one works out. I think it'll work out just fine. Yeah, OU is now a top five class again on Rivals because AM got a big D commit, number seventy eight overall player. So Rivals has OU at number five. Twenty four seven has them at seven. On three has them all the way back at ten. So it's kinda interesting that you get this wide of a margin at this point in the year, but Rivals are top five on three. They're barely in the top ten. So quite odd. Yeah, quite odd. Quite odd. But it's just good that my employer is on the high end of that totem pole. Yeah, number five. Hey, we're saying top five. If that's how the rankings, in we're, we're saying back to back top five classes is what we're. Oh saying. yeah, without question. That's that's how we're spinning that one. I, I hope we all know. The answer to this is yes for me, and I'll get to which prospect. Okay. But has there been a non-OU recruitment that you found yourself really paying attention to? Like maybe more than any other throughout this cycle? Because for whatever reason, it's been Ryan Wingo for me. It's like, oh, Oh, Missouri. Well, I don't know. Maybe Texas got the lead. Well, now we think Missouri here. Yeah, but Texas isn't out of this thing. It's like, geez, five-star receiver. It's like Texas one week, Missouri the other week. <laughs> I find mm-hmm. Colin Simmons' recruitment particularly interesting. Oh, all it's the like, LSU rumors. All, all the yeah. worst people you know are fighting over the same player. Yeah. Well, there was a uh, there was a rival's factor fiction today on Ryan Wingo, and it was factor fiction. He is going to move up his commitment date to commit to Missouri. And both of the answers were fact. I guess there's a thought wow. that Wingo's going to go ahead and uh, move up that decision date. And um, – 
a com- commit to Mizzou. The other one, really, I it, it hurt a little bit. Like, oh, you 6-0, so you really can't complain. But right after the Ryan Wingo question was fact or fiction, Malachi Coleman will score a touchdown in his first start this weekend for Nebraska. Oh, no. It's like, oh, Salt man. in the wound. Yeah. Yeah, that one uh, that one would have been nice. But again, you, you know, 6-0, so how much can you really complain? Lloyd says, what is August? Uh, Lloyd, for August, you get, if I can find it, uh, you're going to have a really good quarterback. You've got Landry Jones as your quarterback, Lloyd. He, he led a uh, great drive uh, West at Virginia. West Virginia in yeah. 2012. All right. Drew from Flower Mound says, geez, my birthday month is uh, November, so Davis Bevel, no. You get uh, Jamil Holloway. I was about to say, get. if you gave Davis Bevel to anyone, that's, that's cruel. Uh, Oki Tom says Kobe Black. I'm guessing that's the recruitment that he's been following uh, the most. Well, again, OU is still technically involved there. Like, that's still that's Texas, not a, though, that's not a completely non-OU recruitment, but I don't, I don't expect him to be a Sooner. Feels like he's going to be a Longhorn still, correct? It's all said and done? When push comes to shove, yeah. I bet you he picks Texas still. 918 says, how about June? You guys can go to at KREF Sports and find this and interact with it, but June is Kyler Murray, who also had a great drive. I feel like all these quarterbacks had great drives at least once in their career. It's a Ky- right of passage. Kyler had his in a Big 12 championship win over Texas. The Rush, coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.